0: Welcome to our Frontline City Church Podcast. This message will activate and inspire you in the supernatural love of God to find your purpose and reach your destiny through Christ. Amen, amen. You may be seated, but stay in this attitude. Worship team, thank you, thank you, thank you. We are in a holy moment. Where everything that you are going through is screaming so loud and saying that that which you believe might not be true. Why are you not seeing it? Why are you not seeing the victory? Why is what they're saying not here? And that has got a voice. Your trouble and your difficulties and your failures has a voice. But there's another voice. And that is the voice of the blood of Jesus. And that voice is shouting through the ages. And that voice is shouting at this moment and sort of like clashing at the shout that is coming from the world. And the shout that's coming from the world is saying, you're not good enough. You didn't do right. You're a mess. People don't love you. You are rejected. And the one thing it also says is you will never be free." Your world and your situation is shouting, you will never be free. The picture I see is that people are sitting in jail with the key in their hand and singing about freedom, but the shackles are still on. The shackles are still on, and we can't break free, and we sing about the key— but we don't use it. We sing about the shackles falling down, but we never get up and walk out of the jail. Christians, today is your day of freedom. Tell the people around you, freedom looks good on you. We sing about the shackles falling. We sing about life changing. But we don't always walk into it. You know, the whole Old Testament is a prophetic picture of us as Christians. Do you all know that? The Israelites' journey out of captivity, out of slavery into the promised land is a picture of our journey. Is that right? Do you know it like that? Have you studied it with that in mind? Okay, so they start off the journey in Egypt. Now in Egypt, they got enough food, but not good food. They got a place to stay, but not a nice place to stay. They never owned anything because they were slaves. So they had work, they had accommodation, and they had food, but they had no freedom. And they had no place to express who they really were and they couldn't see God's process of sowing and reaping operate because they weren't allowed to sow. That's the biggest thing in slavery is that you are not allowed to sow. You're not allowed to grow. You must stay where you are. If you are a brick maker in uh, uh, Egypt then that's what you've got to be for the rest of your life. You're never allowed to move out of the box they've put you in. And God comes and he sends a man, Moses, that is a picture of Jesus. And he starts to lead them free. And the Red Sea moment is a picture of our baptism where we choose to leave everything of Egypt behind and never again the stuff that bothered them in Egypt bothered them again. Other things bothered them, but the Egyptians never bothered them again because it was dealt with once and for all. But what happened every time trouble came? What did they say? You should have left us in Egypt. When trouble comes, we want to run to the safety of slavery. When trouble comes, we want to run to the provision, not the prosperity. Because in slavery, they do give you enough just to survive. They give you enough just to get through the day. But they don't allow you to leave any inheritance to your kids. And in that place, every time that there wasn't enough water, they turned against Moses and said, Why didn't you leave us? God provided water. Then when there wasn't food, they turned to Moses, Why didn't you lead us? You just brought us out of here to die. And I believe that that same attack is on the Christians at this moment, saying it would have been better if I never gave my life to the Lord. It would have been better if I died in Egypt. And that place runs, and we want to run back to the place of slavery. What did Jesus come to do? Luke 4 and verse 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor, and He has sent me to proclaim that the captives will be released. So any form of captivity, any form of bondage, any form of you not free to do what you need to do, is not from Jesus. Because He said, I came... So that you will be released. You cannot say, I've got everything that Jesus has for me. But you are still captive. Then he says, the blind will see. That means anything that God has given you that you are not seeing, Jesus came so that you could see it. So that you can get a revelation of what there is for you. And that the oppressed will be set free. That is why Jesus came. It's the whole reason he came. That is the simplicity of the gospel. I've come to set people free. And we walk around at Christians, and I see them still so bound. I see them still so stuck in places. Let me call a spade a spade at the risk of making everyone cross at me. You cannot walk in addiction and say, I have received everything that Christ has done for me. You cannot walk in addiction and say that I have received everything that Christ has gotten for me. Today is your day of freedom. You cannot overcome any demon that you love. You cannot overcome any demon that you appreciate. You have to hate Egypt. It is not your plan B. It is not your backup plan. You've gone through the Red Sea once and for all. You're not going back. You're going forward. Yes, you're going through a wilderness. Yes, you're not yet seeing it. Yet, it's not yet evident. But hear what God has said. Hear what He has proclaimed. And you start seeing glimpses of what He has seen and what you are walking into. So I want to say that you must know the picture of the Israelites. As a child, I, l- I read the story of Israelites like a child, and I couldn't believe that they wanted to go back. Because God has done so much, how could they ever think that he would leave them there? How could he be enough to bring them through the Red Sea, but he can't provide them water in the desert? How can he bring them through, but there's no food? The issue is that if we believe that God is busy with us on a journey, and we take a record of what he has all done already, then we know that what is left to do is going to be easy. Because his track record speaks for itself. And now we are seeing God move over a front line, in an incredible, incredible way. But I'm saying today is the day that we stop singing about our key. But we don't use it to unlock ourselves. If I go on a trip and I provide for my children by putting money in a bank account. Here is a thousand rand it's, and here is the card. And they phone me and tell me, well, I'm far away. They don't have bread at home. How frustrated would I be if I say, but I've got a card. Yes, but dad, we locked it away. We're so excited about this card. We've locked it away and we've put it up on the wall and we're looking at it every day. And we're singing about the card. And we're jumping around, dancing around it. But we never use it to go and buy something. That's the Christians. God has given us the freedom. And we're all excited about the freedom. But we're not walking into it. We're saying it applies to everything else. Except this area of our life. Except that area of our life. It must skip over that area. God is saying, I've given you freedom in every area. I have given it to you and I am provided for it and I've sent my son to pay for it. It's time for you to take up and celebrate my son's blood. We sang about his blood. And what is the reason for the blood is that it brings freedom. It changes everything. So I want to say today is your day of freedom. Come my wife, come and minister.
1: So we're talking about deliverance from demons. And last week we spoke about the gift of discernment, and this week we're talking about deliverance. So who we are as Christians, touch yourself like it's on your chest, your neck, and say, I am intended as a temple for the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16 and says, it says, do you not know that your body is a temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? So why am I establishing this? The fact is that we are meant to be dedicated 100% to Jesus Christ. Body, soul, and spirit. So The plan of Satan is to defile the temple of God. Satan wants to destroy that which God finds most beautiful and most precious, and that's you. And he plans to defile it and to keep you in captivity to the things and the sins of Egypt. But I want to tell you there's a God that has paid a price through the blood of Jesus to set you free. Woo! How does Satan come? He holds you captivity through things of the occult, through the spirit of poverty. It's a spirit. Through religious spirits, through strife, divisions, bitterness, unforgiveness, sex outside of marriage, outside the biblical form of marriage. So I want to ask you, can a Christian, a born-again, spirit-filled, blood-saved Christian, have a demon? Now it gets quiet and interesting. Remember, we are formed Body, soul, and spirit. We teach you that in the inner healing course. If you haven't done it, you need to do it. Okay? Your body is this what you see. Your soul is your will, your mind, your emotions, your intellect. That makes you, you. And your spirit is the part that's connected with God or not. If you haven't given your life to God, your spirit is dead. But when you give your life to God, you become alive to Him and to the things of the Spirit, to His Spirit. But just like sometimes when the Israelites crossed from Egypt, crossed the Red Sea, they took some idols with them. And sometimes we take things with us. So a Christian cannot be possessed because your spirit is alive to God. But a Christian can be oppressed. What does that mean? It means that something's holding on to you. I need a, a, Craig, come here. Craig's not a bad dude, but let's just say he's a spirit that's oppressing me. And he holds onto my shoulder. And as far as I walk, this thing is holding on to me. And some of you have things holding on to you. And you befriended. Hello. This is who I am. I'm meant to walk like this. But Jesus came to set you free. And in the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. Amen. Thank you. That's what oppression does. And Satan's assignment is to oppress believers. To get you so used to things that you think, "Ah, this is not just who I am. All right. The Bible speaks of, it's in Matthew eleven eighteen. 18, it's an unclean or evil spirit. Okay. Uh, you, you know, Ananias and Sapphira in Acts 5 verse 3, they were born again. They were in the church. They were serving God. But they gave themselves over to a spirit of greed and lies. And what was the result? Because they didn't repent. And they were given opportunity to repent. They died that day with those demons. This is the truth of the gospel. Now please understand me. God is not willing that any should perish. But that all should come to salvation and have eternal life with him because his plan is for good. He sent his son to pay the price so that we can have life and have it in abundance. But I can't have life in abundance if I'm continually being oppressed. Amen? So let's just establish what did Jesus do? Okay. Colossians 2, verse 13 to 15. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made you alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. What does it say? You're alive with him, having forgiven you all. Say with me, all. all. What does all mean? No, are you sure? What does it mean? All, everything. Okay. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. In other words, that which was held against you, that which Satan had legal right against you, that which Satan could, could condemn you, who wiped it out? Jesus he removed all those requirements. Amen. Then was uh, uh, and he nailed, has taken it away, having nailed it to the cross. Jesus nailed everything to the cross that could hold you in judgment, that could hold you captive. Everything. Verse 15, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them. No demon in hell has the legal authority to keep you captive, except if you give it. Is Jesus true? Is His Word true? Are you sure His Word is true? Do you think He was maybe confused when He wrote you, having disarmed principalities and powers, He made a spectacle of them, triumphing over them? He wasn't confused? So if Jesus did that, guess what our position is? Hey, we can disarm principalities and powers, and we can make a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them. Why? Because Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, has done it. Another verse Luke 10, verse 19. Behold. I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by means harm you. Nothing. We've given power to triumph over all the power of the enemy. I just want to look up a scripture quickly in... Give me one second. The Amplified Classic. Yeah. Behold, I give you authority and power to trample upon servants, serpents and scorpions and, listen to this, physical and mental strength and ability over all the power that the enemy possesses and nothing shall in any way harm you. I'm going to read it again. Behold, I give you authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions and physical and mental strength and ability over all the power of the enemy that the enemy possesses. And nothing, nothing shall by any means harm you. I'm tired of Satan lying to us as believers. I'm tired of the lies that says we're going to live with addictions. I'm tired of the lies that con us into sexual immorality. I'm tired of the lies that hold us captive to depression. I'm tired of the lies that hold us captive to all kinds of different things. It's time. Body of Christ, say with me, it's time. It's time. Flip Satan must get lost. <laughs> Believers can be oppressed by demons. In Acts 8, verse 9 to 25. I'm not gonna read it it's long. I hope you're taking notes. Write down the scripture references. Go read the Bible for yourself. Okay? In Acts 9, verse tw- to, no, uh, Acts 8, verse 9 to 25. There was a guy called Simon the Sorcerer, but he got born again. He was excited about the things of God. He was baptized even. Sounds like a lot of us. And then he saw about the power of the Holy Spirit, and he wanted to buy the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay? So... It was discerned that he was under the influence of a demonic spirit. They said to him, your heart's not right within you. There's a demonic spirit that you carried with you. That wants to buy the power of God. Something's not right. Repent. And he repented. You see, believers can carry, like I use Craig as an example, can carry things with them. Sometimes those things are passed down the generational lines. Sometimes we open the doors. Sometimes things happen in our life traumas, disappointments. So, I'm going to name a couple of ways that we open the doors to demonic oppression. If you possessed, you'd be living amongst the graveyards, the gravestones. But you're here in church. You're not possessed. There's oppression. But that oppression is going down. Why? Because our Jesus is bigger. Amen. So Satan attacks a generational curses through traumas. Demonic oppression comes in. Sometimes when there's been sexual abuse, trauma, especially when you're young. The occult. Sangomas. Witch doctors. Traditions of Man. Consulting with the stars, your signs, any form of witchcraft. And often our own actions and sins. Open the door for demons to come and oppress us. Now, I just want to say again, I'm going to name a lot of things. All right. There's no shame with Jesus Christ. There's nothing new under the sun. Okay? Say with me, sin Sin. is sin. Sin. Is sin. Sin. There's no degrees of sin. Your sin is worse than my sin. Oh, I'm a bit more spiritual than you. Because you know I haven't murdered anybody. Hey, I might have murdered somebody with my words. Come on. We're so scared. We're so scared what people think of us. It's time we get over ourselves. Let's pursue Jesus Christ. Do we want revival? That means we get real. That means at church we call a spade a spade. Amen. Amen. Guys, you know I'm pretty open and I've always been open about the things in my life. Why? Because I've encountered what it's like to be set free. Jesus sets free. Things that cause demonic oppression in your life and the lives of your children and your children's children and your families is things like abortion or insisting a woman has an abortion, undealt with anger, bitterness, division, drunkenness, hatred, fear, Filthy language, lying, lack of faith, murder, if you're having demonic nightmares, poverty, rebellion, rejection, sex outside of God's natural order, homosexuality, sex with animals. Living together. One night stands. This is what the Word of God says. Why does God say this? Does He want to spoil your fun? No, because He knows with those things come demonic spirits. There's a story a pastor told us. They had a very big church, and they had a, a group that concentrated on doing deliverances for people. And the one day they were busy doing deliverance, when the demon a demon manifested and turned to the one pastor and said, "We know you. We've just been sleeping with you at that hotel in that room with that woman. Okay." This is why Jesus wants us to be free from these things. Because Satan wants to keep us in a place of demonic oppression so that you can't walk into your destiny, that you can't reach your full potential, that you don't know what it's like to walk in freedom. Am I talking the truth? When you participate... In sin. And you keep participating in the sin. And there's no repentance. It gives a demon legal right to oppress you, hold you captive, and to call other demons to bring destruction to your life. I've had enough. No more. Now, every sin doesn't bring a demon. Okay, because we as believers, what do we do if we sin? We repent. We say, Lord, I'm sorry. I repent. I turn away from doing it. But some of us come to church and home cell sing hallelujah. Oh, I'm sorry, God. And we walk out of here and we plan our next episode of sinning. And Jesus said, I've come to set you free. Aren't you tired of being held captive to depression? That's a real thing today. What causes depression? A demonic spirit. Because it's passed off and down generational lines. What is the fruit in your life? You see, not every time you go through a bad time doesn't mean that you've got a demon oppressing you. Sometimes life just happens. Turn to the person next to you and tell them life sometimes just happens. But when something is repeated, when it becomes a problem, when it becomes a bondage, When you wake up and you think, I can't face the day, then you need to know there's demonic uh, principles involved there. And you've got you to gotta fight them. You've got to say, No more Satan. No more Satan. Amen. Preach it. The Bible says you've got to flee from lust. But you also got to repent. We have to repent of fear. We have to repent of fear for tomorrow. That's a demon spirit. We have to repent of depression. We have to repent of sexual immorality. Oh, but I love them so much. If you love them, you'll do the right thing. You either love them enough to marry them or you love them enough to set them free to walk into their destiny with God. There's no other way. Yo, it's quiet in here. The spirit of poverty, the spirit of poverty holds you bondage when you don't tithe. You might be okay for a while. I'm telling you now, the spirit of poverty wants to destroy you and your children and your children's children. And we will not allow it because we're operating in the kingdom of God. How do you break the spirit of poverty? You repent and you start tithing and being generous and you give. I want my children to be blessed. I don't want my children to be captive to the things that happened to me when I was young and to what my parents went through. It changes, yeah. I I draw a line today. Maybe some of you need to start drawing the lines today. You know, Satan keeps us captive, often because we're so ashamed of what we're captive to. What will they think if they find out? I spoke out about my addiction to porn when I was a young believer, a young pastor, and how God set me free. 1999 or 1998. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. And I said to God, I will talk about it because the church doesn't talk about it. There's men and women yet today that are addicted to porn. That are addicted to sex outside of marriage. That are facing all kinds of addictions. From nicotine to alcohol to lying and God wants to set you free because he wants you to walk in the fullness of what Jesus has got for you it's time we leave Egypt behind Amen so how do you recognize if you've got demonic activity in your life you just never ever 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 get the victory you are bondage to sin Addictions, repeated heartaches and broken relationships, divorces, continual drama, continual infirmity. I'm not talking about once or twice being ill. We live in a fallen world. But in your family line, there's just continual sickness, cancers, all kinds of stuff. It just never, ever gets better. Depression, rejection, you always feel rejected. You can't receive love. You don't believe if people tell you they love you. That's the spirit of rejection. You need to be set free. I was set free from rejection. I was set free from rejection and self-rejection. Demonic spirits. Maybe you've just not had success, no promotion, always failure, always second best. God never intended for His children to be second best. I'm talking to some of you. God never intended for His children to be second best. If Jesus Christ, the King of kings, could leave heaven and come and die on the cross and shed his blood for your freedom, that makes you good enough. Amen. How badly do you want your freedom? How badly do you want your freedom? Just close your eyes for a minute. Take a good look at your life. Now, see Jesus in front of you, and see him with his arms wide open. And you can see his nail pierced hands. And he's telling you, I've paid the price for your freedom because I love you. And it's time. It's time. It's time, son and daughter of the Most High God. It's time. So your keys to freedom. Uh, I want to just add this, okay? If you go looking, you will find demons in everybody and behind every bush. Don't do that. Sort out your own life, okay? Take the plank out of your own life. If God reveals things to you in somebody else's life, pray for them. I've told you the procedure. We spoke about it last week. Okay? Today, it's about you. Say with me. Today, it's about me. So keys to your freedom. Recognize where the sin is or where it came in. Recognize where things went wrong. Recognize where you started going off the rails. I started going off the rails as a five year old when I was sexually abused. I was set on a journey that took me in dangerous ground. But God saved me and set me free. Recognize where things went wrong. Admit the sin. We don't want to, we're always making excuses. If you want freedom, admit the sin. Okay? Acknowledge your sin before God. God, I have given way to lust. I watch porn on TV. Or I watch demonic things on TV. These are all things that open doors. Or I've consulted with some gormers. Or I've participated in rituals that called up ancestral spirits. Am I talking here? It's time. It's time. Recognize, admit, Acknowledge. Then we have to renounce. Say the word with me. Renounce. What does it mean to renounce? I repent and I refuse to have anything more to do with that. I cut that off. It will no longer be in my life. I renounce every part of that. I draw the line in the blood. No more, Satan. No more. Once you've repented, you have to turn away from that sin. You have to turn away. You can't repent today and still walk hand in hand with it. Repent says, I lay it aside. And if you're battling, get somebody to help you walk. Be accountable. I got people to walk with me so I could be accountable. And I stand before you free today because I got to a place where I refuse to be bound by shame anymore. I wanted everything Jesus has got for me more than I wanted the sin. And I didn't care if it was published in the newspapers or the born or the you or the hasten I wanted my freedom more. How badly do you want your freedom? You see, Satan wants to keep you captive and he says to you, "Oh, don't let them know that you've got a smoking addiction or a porn addiction, or that you suffer depression, or you suffer rejection, or you don't tithe or whatever. It's time. Let's get this over with. Let's get on with the business of building God's kingdom. Fix up where you can. One of the keys to getting free is to forgive, to not allow bitterness, and where you can, fix up. You don't go to the person and say, Pastor Wendy, I forgive you for that ugly thing you did to me. And then walk away and say, oh, I fixed up. Because now she's going to think, what ugly thing? You go to the person where possible and say, I'm sorry if I've hurt you. I'm sorry if I've sinned against you in any way. I forgive you. Will you forgive me? You humble your heart. If they don't want to know anything about you, it's okay. If they've died, like the person that abused me died, I had to still forgive. It sets me free. The Word of God says confess your sins one to another that you be healed. Find somebody that you can trust, a leader. If that sin is so embarrassing that you can sit and talk to him and say, just pray with me. I need to confess this is a sin in my life. We will love you. We will walk with you. We will protect you until you come into complete freedom. That's the God we serve. Jesus came to set the captives free. What do we do? We focus on Jesus. I'm not here to glorify any demon. I'm here to glorify Jesus Christ, who the one who sets us free. Jesus came to set the captive free. It is your right to walk in freedom. Say with me, it is, right it is my right to walk in freedom. Say it like you mean it. It's my right to walk in freedom for me and my children and my children's children. We have all authority. We have all power. I would like you to stand. Thank you. So, I'm not going to lay hands on you, okay? But I know this, that God wants to set some of you free. If you're tired of having demons oppress you in any form, okay? I want to pray for you. So, what we're going to do is, I'm going to pray a general prayer. And then, those who want to go, I want to ask you to quietly exit the auditorium. But those who mean business with God, I want to invite you to come to the altar. And we're going to walk with you and pray with you. I don't care if you're a leader or a pastor or a prophet or a teacher or a teenager or a mom or a dad. It's your day for freedom. I'm saying to you, it's your day for freedom. I want my worship team. We hope that you
0: enjoyed today's message.